is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio-Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, DC Hendricks, along with my man, producer Cleveland, back here with another edition of the podcast. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing. And do us a favor. Something we really appreciate is when you leave us a review on iTunes, go ahead and scroll on down, click write a review, and let us know what you guys are thinking of the show. On this show, currently rated a five star, so appreciate you guys listening guys and gals whoever's listening right now really appreciate each and every one of you for checking out this show checking out this tw- now 29 year old who just celebrated a birthday talking about music way before his time celebrating classics creating new ones here on the music vibes podcast be sure to follow us on all social media platforms just search the podcast or my name today we are talking woodstock and we are going back to 1969 when it all began how are you out there are you out? are you okay You're not, uh, yeah, you're staying stoned and you got enough water and you got a place to sleep and everything. What does that mean? <laughs> because, you know, because we ought to, all of us, you know, I don't mean to be preachy, but we ought to remember, and that means promoters too, that music's for grooving, man, and music's not for putting yourself through bad changes. You know, I mean, you don't have to go take anybody's shit, man, just to like music. You know what I mean? You don't. So, uh, so if you're getting more shit than you deserve, you know what to do about it, man. You know, it's just music. Music's, music's supposed to be different than that. Now, Woodstock was a music festival held August 15th to August 18th, 1969, which attracted an audience of more than 400,000. It was held in a farm in Bethel, New York. 32 acts performed outdoors despite sporadic rain for this event. It has become widely regarded as a pivotal moment in popular music history and has pretty much become a defining moment in the counterculture generation. Now, this event was founded by Artie Cornfield. Michael Lang, who was who's the big man behind the project. We know Michael Lang, John P. Roberts, Joe Rosenman and Woodstock Ventures. Now, of course, there's a documentary film out that you guys can check out on Woodstock. But today we are celebrating it's how much it's meant to the music industry and how monumental it really was for the future. I mean, now we have music festivals every weekend. You can probably look up a music festival in your town right now. Now, of the 32 acts that performed over the course of the four days, I'm going to give you guys a nice little sample. But on Friday, August 15th, you had people like Richie Havens. Joan Baez, who was actually six months pregnant at the time of performing at Woodstock. And then Saturday, which was arguably probably the biggest date, um, the probably the most popular one that people would go to if they had the choice today. But Saturday on Saturday, you had people like Santana. Grateful Dead, CCR, Credence, Clearwater, Revival, Janis Joplin. 
Sly and the Family Stone, The Who, and Jefferson Airplane. All right, friends, you have seen the heavy groups. Now you will see Morning Maniac music. Believe me, yeah. It's a new dawn. The regular guys. Then help wrap everything up. And when things started getting crazy on Sunday, you had Joe Cocker, Country Joe and the Fish. Ten years after the band, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and of course the one and only Jimi Hendrix, Gypsy, Sun and Rainbows. <laughs> What's so amazing about this festival and the turnout with 400,000 plus people attending this event and music festival throughout the weekend, imagine no internet, no social media whatsoever. All you have is newspaper, magazine, and radio. That's all you get. And in today's music, social media is how you know about pretty much all the concerts you go to. And they still got 400,000 people to attend Woodstock Music Festival. Very excited for the podcast this week to dig into the original Woodstock Festival from 1969. Kind of even, you know, have some fun and talk Woodstock 50. You know, let's have some fun. It's not going to happen. It didn't happen. So let's have some fun and, you know, kind of talk about some bands and artists that we would bring and we would book if we were in charge of Woodstock 50. So we're going to have a little fun today and we're going to be talking Woodstock exciting so far ready to, <laughs> ready to learn more things and uh keep keep the podcast coming keep it rolling i'm celebrating 50 years although i wish we could have had an actual festival to celebrate 50 years unfortunately we do not and we will get into that a little bit as we'll be joined by dave brooks who is from billboard.com we had him on this podcast before and he kind of broke down at that point in time we didn't know if there's going to be a woodstock 50 um but now we know obviously that it's not happening but um, we're kind of going to relive, you know, Woodstock, the original Woodstock, um, and celebrate the 50 years of it. Kind of go back to the 1969 Woodstock that pretty much changed the landscape of music and music festivals. Um, I think uh, Woodstock in 69 is responsible and kind of the forefather of music festivals. And now, luckily, we have music festivals everywhere, all across the United States. So um, we're going to be talking a lot of Woodstock. And my producer, Cleveland, um, I want to start off, too, before we bring Dave on, because my producer brought it this week. So he has some nice little fun facts that he dug up on the original Woodstock from 69. So producer cleveland i know this is something you're very passionate about as well woodstock um and we're reliving it today so what let's start with some of your fun facts before we bring dave on oh yeah no problem and i just want to say um trying to relive woodstock and fill in those big shoes that's a big thing to try to do anyway so mm-hmm. um unfortunately wasn't able to do woodstock 50 this year but i don't know there's like you said there's plenty of festivals out there plenty plenty oh yeah um, so there's a, a lot of the history I was looking up and just kind of digging in deeper with everything uh, back in 69. Um, kind of fun uh, trivia questions here, but one of the first ones I thought was intriguing. Um, during the three-day festival, how many, which you don't think about, how many people 
how many of the 500,000 plus people died at the festival. Ooh. Now, that's a little dark. Might be a little dark for some, but there are reports of people that died at the festival. A few different websites here. You had two people that um, unfortunately died at the uh, Woodstock Festival. One was a drug overdose. Ooh. Which I know there's a lot, a lot of hard stuff going around, but mm-hmm. one unfortunately. And then another one uh, was reported that they were sleeping under a tractor and a sleeping bag, and the driver that was out on the farm didn't know he was under Ooh. it. Yeah. Yeah. Two but people? Two, yep. Just, I mean, two, unfortunately, but two mm-hmm. out of the 500 plus or 500,000 plus. Okay. Uh, second question I found was interesting is the headliner, Jimi Hendrix. The How much did he make? Or uh, to play at that show. Oh, I just Wait, seen stop. this. I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it like seven thousand? Seven. Uh, it'd be eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. And in today's money, That's or at least in <laughs> at least in uh, twenty fifteen. So this would have been a couple years ago. Yeah, it would have been the equivalent of a hundred and twelve thousand. Yep. Yep. That's crazy, man. That's. Yeah. And you compare to who all the big names you would try to bring in today would not even be close. No, no. Wiz Khalifa even said in a song once, and that's one of my favorite hip hop artists, but he even said in a song once, 300K. Yeah. That's how much he makes a show. Yeah. So, like, that's Wiz Khalifa compared Mm -hmm. to Jimi Hendrix. So, yeah, that's crazy. And then just to compare for the same uh, Woodstock show, uh, CCR with 10,000, Janice with 7,500, Grateful Dead. 2500 and Santana $750. Yeah, I've heard him Flat. I've heard him mention that. Yeah, in <laughs> interviews. Heard him mention that in interviews before. And uh also digging deeper into the research here, they're actually going to have Chicago come and play at Woodstock, um but I believe the uh studio kept Chicago back and pushed out Santana instead to go play at that show and now it's a legend that's how yeah the whole record label thing they chose they wanted santana he was santana was just getting so big at the time man it was, it was hard not to try to involve him so much. he was he was a little young though oh yeah kind of young up-and-comer so they were kind of worried about that i know michael lang who was pretty much i mean the reason woodstock even exists um and he talked about that a lot you know the the up-and-comer santana so it's good stuff man good stuff and then i have a. Uh I have another good one for you here, too. Um, how much would a Woodstock ticket cost you at the gate? That's, of course, before they just tore the fence down and everyone got in for free. But if you were to uh, order it at the gate or pre-order it? Uh, so probably <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere between 30, 40 bucks. It was 24 at the gate <laughs> and 18 in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to the I went to the Mopop festival up in Detroit oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. I mean, let's be honest, none of them equal any like CCR, Jimi oh. Hendrix, Janet, none of them. You know how much I paid for Mopop? Mm, probably 50. 100. $75 for one day. For one day. One day. $75. Mm-hmm. And they and they were what at the gate for original Woodstock? What'd you say? 24 at the gate? At the gate, 24. $24. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and then I got just a fun one for you here. There's a lot of people that were, or a lot of bands that were re- reportedly invited to play at Woodstock. Um, I have a couple waves here, but I'll just do the one here. Um, if you can just name the one, the one band that was not reportedly invited out of these five. Simon and Garfunkel, the Mamas and the Papas, the Birds, Bob Dylan, Jethro Tull. I'm going to go Bob Dylan. 
the mamas and the papas were not they were not invited were not were not reportedly huh. Every, everywhere i looked they were never invited wow you want to okay. do another one real quick yeah let's do all one right one. Let's do another. all right another five the rascals steppenwolf frank zappa tommy james and the chandelles paul revere and the raiders we'll go zappa steppenwolf they were so big at that time that doesn't make any sense. No, I have to figure out why they weren't. But yeah, that's it makes, weird. It make more sense. That's one of my personal favorites right there. I didn't didn't say them just because I felt like they were so big. <laughs> At Magic Carpet Ride, mm-hmm. out of the bands there, the Tommy James and Shondell, that was the more interesting one. Mm-hmm. It was reported that they were asking Hawaii to come to Woodstock to play on this farm, reported by someone that they worked with, and mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, the message wasn't received as. Uh, it should have and so they said simply just said no yeah so we're basically reliving woodstock today kind of going back to 1969 when i mean this is this is probably the biggest music festival there ever is obviously you know just in terms of rock music and i'm glad my producer cleveland brought it with those nice little fun facts there i mean steppenwolf kind of got me i might not be able to get over that before the end of the show it's so weird it's yep. so weird i'll keep them coming i like that i like that <laughs> i like that so yeah reliving 69 woodstock and kind of even what we should do before we get out of here too is kind of create our dream like create our own woodstock 50 like if we were to have a woodstock 50 who would be some artists and bands that we would choose so we'll go over that before we get out of here and i'm going to put dave dave brooks is going to be joining us here in just a moment i'm going to put him on the spot too i'm not even going to tell him we're going to ask him either so oh, if you okay. were in charge of this woodstock 50 and we're able to get it done let's assume that we would um who would we have who are some people and just i mean just a couple like it doesn't have to be one you know just just give me a couple who are some people that you want to book and with woodstock you kind of want i mean the whole idea of it is you obviously want headliners pe- people that people know you know, you want artists, bands that people already know, but you also want the young up and comers, which kind of makes it different in today's music because the young up and comers will be like, and it's like really strong in pop music. And I just wouldn't want any of those people. Like I would not want Billie Eilish to be playing at my <laughs> festival. I'm just going to be honest. I would not want Billie Eilish. I would not want Lil Nas X. I don't yeah. want none of that. It's at not my your festival. style. That okay. is not even close <laughs> to my style. So um, yeah, that's some fun we're going to do here before we get out of here. But yeah, just kind of reliving Woodstock, and we're, I'm also going to ask him, too. So, obviously, the festival split up in days, like all music festivals are, so there's yeah. different artists that play on each days. So, we're going to pick which day we would have went to. If we were back in 69, mm-hmm. which day we would have picked. So, let's go ahead and have some fun. We're talking Woodstock today, celebrating 50 years of Woodstock, and we're going to go ahead and translate. We're going to bring in our guests, and let's have some fun. If you have any questions, jump on in, man. This is I know this is the first time that you'll be able to ask any <laughs> questions, but feel free, man. That's Absolutely. what you're here for. So if you got any questions, go ahead and jump on in. I'll find something. Let's do it. So let's talk some Woodstock. This is Dave Brooks from Billboard.com talking Woodstock. The last time I had you on, we were kind of you know previewing the festival that we were hoping was going to happen. I'm a big original Woodstock fan. Uh, back in '69, um, you know, just kind of studying that. Yeah. Kind of you know that's probably the biggest inspiration for my podcast. Really, that's probably the most music I talk about. You know, uh, Santana, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Joe Cocker. That's the music we talk about on here. So that's kind of what brought my passion to the show. So I was really excited for Woodstock '50. So didn't end up happening. What exactly went wrong with this? Project? process why it didn't happen yeah well you know i think uh it was a bunch of failures um that kind of all you know just collided into a situation where it was never uh really going to be possible 
Um, you know, it started in May when their investor pulled out, and you know they never really recovered from that. You know, they tried to sue, that didn't work. They tried to move locations, the town they tried to move to, you know, didn't want them, and ultimately they kind of tried a, a hybrid, um, moving it to Post Merriweather Pavilion in D.C. and you know, um, they couldn't pull it off. The artists wouldn't go for it. So, I mean, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, they, they, they could have given up after they lost their investor. Okay, instead, they kind of strung us along for a few months. Um, and, you know, well, you know, it, I, I think it kind of hurt the brand more. It kind of made everybody tired of a bit, tired of it. And, and, and we're just, everyone was just like, come on, come on, guys, enough. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still pretty upset, man. I, I have to be honest. I still haven't completely got over this because, um, I, as I told you last time, I was really making plans to go. So and I, I've seen some your people. Birthday. I know. Yeah, it was you remembered. Weekend. I feel special. You well, remembered happy, my birthday. Happy late birthday. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. You remembered. So I'm, I'm still a little disappointed. I have to be honest. It hasn't I haven't completely got over it. So I've seen some people on social media putting some blame on so and so other people blaming other people. Some people blaming it on Woodstock 99. So like, who would I have to blame this on? Why do we not have a Woodstock 50 festival? Easy now. Easy. Well, you know, um, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, blame to go around. Um, you start with you know, you start with Michael Lang, who, who I think, you know, his heart was in the right place. He's the original founder of Woodstock, and he wanted to, you know, to do this festival, but he started making mistakes early on by, you know, basically trying to do a festival that was, that was way too big in a spot, you know, that really couldn't accommodate 150,000 people. And when you had the whole thing modeled out for that many people in the, in the, in the, realistically, you know, um, that, that the Watkins Glen Speedway can only do more about 65,000 just messes up the economics, you know, and it messes up um, the whole business plan, and none of it works out. I'd honestly say, you know, some of the artists and some of the agents representing the artists, you know, they, um, they charge these guys a lot of money because they knew they were, um, you know, first-time well, you see, since they first time they've been here for 50 years, they knew they hadn't done it in a while, and they wanted to get paid. And I, I ultimately think they weren't really willing to bend at all, and they weren't really willing to be flexible, and that hurt the festival as well. Um, and finally, I kind of think uh, we all are a little responsible, uh, because, you know, we all, everybody, we wanted it to happen, and we, 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 we everybody wanted it to happen so bad, the music fans, the media, and we kind of really forgot to look at, like, how bad Woodstock 99 went. How bad, really, 1969 went, you know. Um, a lot of people I talked to said if, if he tried to, they tried to do now what they did in 1969, you know, they'd be in jail. So I, I kind of I, I think we all collectively share some blame. Uh, the new producer here at Music Vibes. It's interesting going back to um, the original Woodstock and, um, it kind of makes you think trying to relive it even when they did in 99 and then now like can you really relive it um even if we did you know woodstock 55 in the future or something else <laughs> something else like that think about how different it was back then there there weren't really uh, as many music festivals right i mean that, you know for a lot of people in in you know in the united states and canada people who had traveled from all over different parts of the world to go there wasn't there wasn't many alternatives for music now you can go to five different festivals um, 
a weekend, right? And so, um, you know, that's, you know, it, it's like the options are just not the same as what it was then. You know, the music's not the same, really. The music business has really been commodified in the last, you know, 50 years. Um, and it's much more corporate and much more centrally run. And, you know, um, it's just, it's the... Uh, Media, sorry, you know, the last thing is kind of the media landscape, right? I mean, um, the way you communicate with people 50 years ago versus now, I mean, it's obviously just drastically different, right? And so, you know, 50 years ago, yeah, there were the local newspapers covering what was going on with Woodstock, but there wasn't blogs and Twitter and Facebook. And it was just a totally different time. And I, I trying to recreate the magic, you know, I don't think that would ever really be possible. There's a reason why we were so excited. You know, you uh, it is right to put some blame on ourselves for being so excited as media and as music fans. But there's a reason for that. And that's because the original Woodstock in 69 was just so, I mean, monumental for the music industry. And and I wanted to ask you, you know, we all have our different opinions on why it was so important and so influential to the music industry. But why would you say what made Woodstock in 69 so special and why were we so excited to celebrate 50 years for it? Well, you know, it's interesting um, because I, I think in the days after the festival, um, it was considered a failure, right? I mean, I had lost money. Um, the, the areas around were willing to ban um, festivals because they were just so burnt out by what they went through. It wasn't really until, you know, the album came out a year later and the documentary that followed it, that from Warner Brothers, I was like, that's what I really think crystallized Woodstock in our minds, right? That's Now, now we could see it. We weren't reading about it in, like, the New York Times. Um, we're watching this festival. We're listening to music on, like, you know, records, and we're listening to, like, this idealized version of it, though. Like, you know, we're watching this, this documentary, which was, at the time was one of the highest-grossing documentaries. We're watching these, like, beautiful men and women, like, you know, um, celebrate three days of peace to love. We weren't seeing the mind, the craziness. And so I, I think that's what really shaped it in our minds. The, the whole idealism of it really wasn't accurate, and I think that's what we are learning. We learned it in 99, and we forgot, and you know, we're reminded again. And we were kind of talking about this, or I was talking about this with producer Cleveland a little bit earlier and was kind of making fun of this, but I was being honest. But like part of the reason that I wasn't so excited is because when you book when you book a Woodstock for today, obviously you have I mean, a lot of the original bands are no longer with us. Right. So like you have to book a lot of new talent. And yes, I think they did book Jay-Z, which was exciting. But like you then you have to look at people like Billie Eilish and like Lil Nas X. And I'm like, I don't think I want to see that. And, you know, kind of going back to the original Woodstock, you know, kind of staying with that. Who do you think benefited the most from the original Woodstock? You look at guys like Santana, who completely blew it away. You have Jimi Hendrix, who obviously killed it with the, the Star Spangled Banner. Who do you think benefited the most in terms of their performance as an artist or band from the original Woodstock in 69? Well, you know, I, I think Jimi Hendrix, obviously, Star Spangled Banner. You know, I I think um, the Grateful Dead. You know, I I think John Fogerty, Creed, Clear Water Revival. Uh, you know, Janis Joplin, Richie Havens. You know, a lot of these. You know, the Who. And I, I think they benefited because their recordings, you know, were you know captured on audio and video. And you know, these guys. Um, they were able to, you know, be part of that legend and get their music in front of a wider audience, you know. And, 
and have that kind of, you know, in their hat. I think most artists who play benefit. It's hard to say any artist didn't benefit, you know. And the guys who put Woodstock on benefited, too, because even though they lost money on the festival, you know, lots of money, they, you know, they own the rights to the Woodstock name. They own, they got money from the film. They got money from their projects, you know. So, you know, they, they also benefited. Um, so it's, it's, it's a complicated, it's a complicated uh, story, you know, and then that's kind of like how we should be viewed, I think. Uh, it's, it's not black and white. We've all obviously seen all the performances. I mean, we both cover music, so I imagine we both have seen the performances from the weekend. So if I were to ask you, the performances that stood out to you the most and resonate with you 50 years later, which performances resonate with you the most? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would say Santana, you know, as, as a young artist, his, his performance obviously really thrust him in the limelight. You know, I think Richie Havens, one of the first artists um, to play on um, at, at Woodstock on the first day. You know, African-American artists. I mean, a lot of people hadn't heard of um, It really also was um, a performance that, like, had so much passion and credibility and, you know, feeling. Um, I also think Joe Cocker's performance, uh, it was just amazing. I remember that version of the song opened the show Wonder Years, you know, for a decade. And, and it was funny because if you talk to the Woodstock organizers, a lot of them said they were shocked when he showed up, but he was a white guy with that voice and that kind of sound. Um, so those are, you know, those are three right there that really uh, stand out to me. I think Creed's Clearwater Revival's performance was incredible. I think, um, you know, even someone like Country Joe and the Fish, who sang, you know, the song, um, you know, the Vietnam song, One, Two, Three, Four, What Are We Fighting For?, uh, don't ask me. I don't give a damn. Next stop is Vietnam. I mean, that kind of captures that that protest and really digestible phrase that you know is easy to repeat and it's easy to explain some of what that means. Um, uh, you know, the Who ending this, the uh, it, closing out um, the show was just a really powerful set, um, almost like a precursor to punk music, right? I mean, I think that it it, it kind of it. it it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't ending with Joan Baez. It was ending with something loud and um, frightening, and with the instruments busting up at the end. Right. So um, there's so many performances there. I think that really stand the test of time. They sound great today. They look great on video. And you know that's that's the cool part of the legacy. That's like the part of legacy that should be celebrated. And, you know, that's something that we that can recreate, you know. That's why I never, like, I, I never quite believed in this, like, the Woodstock 50 thing needs to be a three-day camping festival. Like, that's, you know, that's not special. That's not, like, unique. I always thought it could, it could have been, like, so much more uh, a series of concerts, a series of performances, discussions, you know, um, something for everyone, from children, you know, from kids to grandparents, that's approachable. And, and this festival, even when it was like, um, even when we thought it was going to happen, you know. Yeah, and to kind of kind of have a little more fun with you. So we were kind of talking about this earlier on in the podcast. If we could have our own Woodstock, if we were in charge, say we're working with Michael Lang right now on planning our own yeah. Woodstock. So, so say we're doing that and say it's really going to happen, okay? This isn't, this is really going to happen. We're working with Michael Lang, creating our Woodstock who are some artists and bands that you would book 
That's a great question right now. Um, who are some artists I would book for our um, Woodstock? We were to do it. Well, um, let's see. You know, obviously, you know, I, I like, you know, rock. I'd want to definitely, you know, have a rock um, element, a strong rock element, you know. So I would think, you know, uh, Foo Fighters, um, I would say Pearl Jam. Um, you know, I would even say uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know. Um, in there terms we of, go. Um, there we you know, go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, I would even say, you know, um, I would say that you need some of the classic guys. Out, you know, John Fogarty is still recording music, and he sounds he sounds awesome, you know. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in L.A. I'm going to see the Stones tomorrow. I mean, imagine if you, the Stones were in control. You know, that would be amazing. Um, Almost even, hung up you know, on you. Paul McCartney. Almost hung up on you, man. I'm so jealous. That that just <laughs> you're going to see the Rolling Stones. Yeah, tomorrow's a Rose Bowl. I got I have two extra tickets. If you guys come out, I'll give them to you. All all the way out to L.A. <laughs> yeah. So, wait. So sorry. If we if I can find out the way to L.A., you got tickets for for the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I might have to take you up on. I do. I have four tickets. <laughs> and uh, check with my producer. So far, you got... My friend just bailed on me. My buddy just bailed on me. That's like, isn't that funny? Because that's like L.A. for you, like. I'm like, you guys want you guys have you want to see the Rolling Stones tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, this is another editor billboard. First he's like, yeah. And then he calls me. He's like, oh, you know, you know, man, like uh, I'm gonna go see Casey Musgraves the next night, and I'm just tired right now. I'm so tired. And it's just like, oh my gosh, buddy, your priorities are wrong. You need you need some new friends. You got to replace. You you, you got to bring. <laughs> so let me check. I gotta hang out with billboard people. Yeah, man. They're, they're all, we're all too jaded. Let me check. Let me check with my. I'm gonna check with my producer after this. Check his funds. I might have to. Might have to borrow a few bucks for the birthday. He's looking at me all weird. I don't yeah, think. I'll see why not. Okay. All right. Well, so we might try to make that happen. So kind of looking at and going back to the original before we let you go here, kind of going back to the original festival. So let's say we can uh, time travel, so to speak, go back to 1969. Yeah. Let's go back to August 15th or 16th of Woodstock or the 17th. So we, we can pick one day to go to. So obviously the Saturday date you had, I know you had Santana. Um, you had Canned Heat, you had Grateful Dead on Saturday, CCR, Janis Joplin, Sly, The Who, Jefferson Airplane Sunday, you had Cocker, Jimi Hendrix, 10 years after, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. So which day would you choose to go to, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? For me- music only, I would probably say Saturday, you know, definitely to see Sly and uh, Jefferson Airplane. Uh, realistically, I would probably choose Friday because knowing it got crazier and more uh, desperate as each day went on. So depending on what kind of uh, time travel mood I'm in, I would, maybe I would, I would time travel. What I would do is I would time travel back and forth, kind of figuring out the worst parts. And like, okay, I got to be here between this hour to see slide, but I got to get out of here before it starts raining and someone tries to hand me a batch of bad brown acid. You know, so if I'm going to time travel, like I'm going to use a machine like as possible. Living in today's world, it's hard to think about being in the atmosphere at Woodstock 69. Do you think you could take it? You could handle all three days there? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really think you would really push me, uh, you know, to the edge, right? Um, um, uh, but I'm, when I'm almost 40, maybe, maybe I know a, young, a young guy or gal who, like, is in it to win it, to hang, you know? 
if you if you like you, look, it's like if you're gonna go to Woodstock sixty nine or Woodstock fifty, you either down for it or you're not, right? Um, and you're not, you know, you, uh, you know. Although I guess you could, they were supposed to have glamping at Woodstock fifty, right? But I mean, if you're into it, if you're just gonna go and survive, like, you know, then then it's, it's not a, a problem. But if you if you're gonna go for a little bit, you want to make sure you get hit some food trucks. You know, you could hit the air-conditioned Heineken tent and then, you know, get home in time to watch, uh, you know, Grey's Anatomy or or uh, whatever the show is people watch, you know. Yeah, then it probably wouldn't have been for you. Dave Brooks from Billboard.com joining us here, having a little fun talking Woodstock from 69 and Woodstock 50, if we could uh, have our own. What about Great Event Fleet? How are you? How do you feel about Great Event Fleet? Well, oh, <laughs> Great Event Fleet? How do I feel about them? Yeah, would you would um, you book them? If you're a fan or not, I feel like that is a safe band to book, and I think that would bring a lot of people there. Would you book Greta Van Fleet for a, for a Woodstock if you were in charge of it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's such a, it's such an interesting um, bands, you know. I mean, obviously they're super talented musicians, right? Kind of corny um, in a way, but um, I mean, one of those bands that like um, you kind of get a crowd. And they start playing, and people love them, you know. Now, like, like in, like, the halls of uh, Billboard and other, you know, so-called elite institutions, yeah, they get a tough shake, and, and, I, and I never really like that, you know, because I think that's kind of unfair. Um, so, yes, I would book Greta Van Fleet, and, yes, I will say right now, Greta Van Fleet is cool. So, Dave, before I let you go here, I would it wouldn't be a fun appearance without letting you promote what you got coming up. So, is there anything you would like to tease? And I really appreciate you coming on talking Woodstock, by the way. But is there anything you can tease coming up that you have for Billboard or amongst other things? Yeah, I do. We're having we are uh, in a couple in, in November. We're putting on the Billboard Live Music Summit, and um, you know we've got some. We're about to announce our artist for the summit. Um, and you know, last year we had John Mayer, Sean Mendez. Dropkick Murphy's, Murphy's on the Block, and Diplo. You know, so we're, we're talking, like, we're going to announce these artists in their interviews in the coming weeks, but we're going to do, for the first time, this like, kind of emerging artist showcase of these L.A. artists. It's kind of like the revival of the Sunset Strip 2019. And these two bands I'm working with, like, are, like, I think are, like, the rock sound that's, like, needs to come back. One's the Holy Wars, and it's, like, this female-fronted, rock band. I kind of compare it to like a dark, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. And then this guy, Rainwolf, uh, who's just amazing guitarist and, um, shredder singer who like, I mean, like if you like black keys or Jack white or white stripes, like this guy is the deal. And so I'm just super excited to like work with these bands, get them in front of a big audience, you know? And, um, yeah, we'll we'll, have, we'll put them. We'll be putting the music up, and photos, and video, and really, you know, really trying to bring back rock in, in L.A. Bring back rock in the United States and the world. You know, uh, I was looking at like the uh, rock chart for Billboard at the year end, and I think like the number f- five album, top five albums, like two of them were Magic Dragons. I'm not gonna diss Magic Dragons. Like, you know, another one was, was like um, was the best of Queen. Another one of them was like the best of Queen's Clearwater Revival, and there was one other best of Al. Oh, best of Elton John. I mean, she's solid, all solid artists. But it's kind of sad that 
for the year, we can't have a rock artist that can top the best of Elton John album, which has been around for 10 years. For sure, and you named a lot of good, great artists there, talented artists, and uh, we'd love to see we'd love to see uh, a lot of rock bands really come out and you know hit the top of the charts. There, um, it's a hard hard thing to get to the top for sure. Yeah, it's a hard thing to get to the top, and the rock acts haven't really figured out the streaming era quite like um, more of the pop and hip hop artists have. You know, and I think that's kind of that's it. Um, I, I just think that like rock has to find its way again, and I, I, I really think it will. It, it always does, and I, I just like to see some, you know, hard rocking bands like you know, Casey Elephant is a great band. You know, you, Spoon is a great band. I think Muse is a great band. Um, you know, so more rock, more guitar driven music, and I hopefully we hear more of it in 2020. Fantastic stuff as always. Dave Brooks from Billboard.com joining us here talking Woodstock, original from 69 and Woodstock 50. Definitely looking forward to all your work, man. We'll keep in touch. And as always, great having you on, dropping that knowledge. Love having you. And uh, I'm going to try to break my producer's pockets and try to make that Rolling Stone show. Hey, I mean, it's your birthday. Dude, I'm, I'm stoked that you even remembered that it was my birthday. So that that makes it that that's awesome, by the way. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take you up on that offer, man. I'm going to try to make it out there. All right. Let me know. Let me know. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks so much for coming on again, man. Great stuff. Thank you. Be sure to keep up with the Music Vibes podcast with DC Hendricks presented by Neat 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 Records by subscribing on everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing and make sure to leave us a review and let me know what you guys are thinking of the Music Vibes podcast. That'll do it for this week. And until next week, everybody, be sure to spread some peace and love. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.